Good morning. God's promises are yours and they bring you grace, they bring you mercy, and they bring you peace all through Jesus Christ. Amen. As I grew up, I learned one thing about secrets from my dad. He would constantly tell me, secrets, secrets are no fun. Secrets are for everyone. Or he'd shorten it up sometimes and he'd say, secrets don't make friends, Lucas. And it really stuck with me. And as I grew up, as I, became, as I experienced more and more, I saw that just about everyone in the world lives their lives by those two sayings. We have an insatiable need inside of us to know every last detail about every person in our lives. And if we don't have all of those details, then we can just fill in the blanks however we want. Usually it ends up being something negative, something hurtful, something just false and untrue. Secrets leave room for doubt. And I think the same thing holds true in our relationship with God. In God's story that he's given us in the Bible, God leaves out a lot of details, at least from our standpoint. And our natural inclination is to say, well, that's no fun, God. Secrets are for everyone. And we don't have all the details that that we would want and we are left to say, God, secrets are for everyone. You can't be trusted. I think it would be easy, it would have been easy for Abram to say the same thing. Abram was his old name. He got the name Abraham later. We know him better by that name. But in Genesis 12, he's referred to as Abram. God didn't give many details even when he gave promises to Abram. He simply promised. And that really irks our our inner being. We're not okay that God has secrets. We want to drill down to the very last detail. We're told to trust no one and be suspect of everyone. But let's listen to God today and let's learn from Abram. Because even when God keeps secrets in his promises, we're going to learn that the secrets are there for a reason. We don't have many details about Abram leading up to the words of Genesis 12. We know that Abram lived in the land of Ur. You are Ur. It's where modern day Iraq is. And he lived there with his wife, Sarai, who couldn't have any children. And he lived there with his nephew, Lot, and all the rest of his family that was, that was there with him. His father was buried there in the land. And we learn from Joshua 24 that Abram was also worshiping idols. He was worshiping foreign gods at this time. But that does not stop God from appearing to Abram. Let's read verses 1 through 3. This is what God says to Abram when he appears to him. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Let's read verses 2 and 3 together. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, And whoever curses you, I will curse. 
and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Those blessings are really just beautiful. They're poetic. Seven different blessings God, God gives to Abram here. But let's step back a little bit and look at it from Abram's point of view. As far as we know, this is the first experience, the first encounter that Abram has with God. Abram doesn't even know who this voice is, really. And this voice, God, appears and tells Abram to move away from the place where he's established himself in Ur and move to a different place, but God doesn't tell him anything about this place. He just says, you'll find out what it is when we get there. Just imagine if you were walking down the street and a stranger came up to you and said, hey, I have this really cool thing to show you. And you say, okay, what is it? And he said, I can't tell you that. You just have to follow me and trust me. I don't think I would trust that person and follow him. And then the the promises, I will make you into a great nation, but doesn't God realize that Abram has no children? You need children to become a great nation. And God is uprooting Abram from the one place that he could become a great nation in Ur with his friends and his family. I will make your name great. I'm sure Abram's name was great, but how can his name become great if he's on the move, if he doesn't even know where he's going? How can all peoples on the earth be blessed through one person? We are so quick to doubt and to question God. We don't like that God has secrets. The devil slithers in and he tells us that if if God can't answer your simple questions about his word and about his secrets, then what kind of God is he anyways? God has secrets and secrets leave room for doubt. It's really the, the, the first way that the devil got Adam and Eve to sin in the first place. In the Garden of Eden, he came to them and said, if God hasn't told you everything that he knows, how can you trust him? The devil planted the seed of doubt and that led to sin and that led to death. Adam and Eve tried to uncover God's secrets and it was fatal for them. It cost them their lives and it cost them the lives of the whole world. And so you might expect Abram to react that same way. You might expect him to have that rebellious, questioning, doubting nature that's in every single one of us and every single person in the whole world. But listen to how he reacts in verses 4 and 5. So Abram went. As the Lord had told him and Lot went with him, Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran, He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Yes, secrets leave room for doubt, but secrets also leave room for faith. Faith is spoken of just so matter-of-factly in the Bible. So Abram went. That's all we get! So Abram went. In the book of Hebrews, it's, it's referenced as being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. That's faith. And we see what faith does, what faith moves people to do. It moves them to move. 
Faith causes you to follow the person who gave it to you. It reminds me of of Jesus and his disciples when he first called the first disciples. Jesus simply came, he called out, they got up, left their boats, and followed him, no questions asked. Instead of doubting God, Abram simply took God at his word. Abram didn't need the nitty-gritty details. He didn't, know how, he didn't need to know how God was going to do what he promised. He just knew that God would do what he was going to promise and what he did promise. So Abram got up and he simply went. He followed. He took Sarai. He took Lot. He took everything he owned with him. To be like Abram. There's so many times that I doubt God. There's so many times that I want to know where I'm going before I get there. Where are you leading me, God? I want God to work on my timeline. I'm like a little child sitting in the back seat on a road trip and God is the driver. And I say, God, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Let me know where, we, where you're taking me, God. If he doesn't give the answer that I want or he doesn't give the answer soon enough, then I'll just crawl right over the the front seat, grab the steering wheel, and steer it in whatever direction I want. But the result of that is always fatal. Not just for me, but for the people around me in my life. Just like it was for Adam and Eve. They took the wheel and tried to take it in their own direction. We so often try to fit God into our lives instead of fitting into God's plan. We try to lead God our way instead of letting him lead us his way. That just shows that we don't trust God. Don't let the devil's lies, don't let the devil tell you and lie to you when he says that God isn't trustworthy, that he can't be trusted because of those secrets that he has. God keeps secrets specifically so that you trust him and you fully rely on his promises. Remember, secrets don't, leave, don't just leave room for doubt, they also leave room for faith. And so after talking about those secrets, I'm going to flip this over a little bit and I want to talk about God's promises. Because God did make promises. That's a fact. They're here on the page for us. And these promises hold great blessing for Abram, for you, and for all the people of the world. Because when God keeps secrets in his promises, the promises still bless us. God promised great things for Abram and he fully relied on God. But I think the strangest thing through this whole account, through this whole encounter in these verses is that Abram, through his whole life, would never see any of these promises reach complete fulfillment. Look at verses 2 and 3 again, where those promises all are. I will make you into a great nation. Now remember that Abram is 75 years old when he says this, and he has no children. He has to wait until he's 100 years old, 25 years later, to get his first legitimate son. Abram only saw a glimpse of a start of a nation that would eventually become great. I will make your name great. I can imagine that Abram had a great name in the land of Ur. He was well-respected and known among his friends and family members and neighbors. 
But that's nothing compared to how we see Abram's name used and known today. If you go to any, almost any religion across the world, people are going to know who Abram is. It's a great name. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. In Genesis 14, just a few chapters after this, we see a coalition of four kings come together and they raid the land where Abram is. And they carry off Lot, Abram's nephew. By doing that, they really cursed Abram. So Abram takes his 318 trained fighters that he has under his control and he goes after these four kings and their armies. We're told that Abram was able to rout these four kings and their armies. God blessed Abram. He saw to it that he kept his promises. From our vantage point in history, we see that great nation growing and growing. We see them come into the land that God promised to them. And God even gives Abram a tour of that land in verses 6 through 8. Abram traveled through the land as far as the site of the great tree of Morah at Shechem. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring, I will give this land. There's another promise. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he went on toward the hills east of Bethel and pitched his tent. With Bethel on the west and Ai on the east, there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. From our vantage point, we see the whole story unfolding. We see the nation of Israel that great nation come into this land that God promised. He blessed them with that land. And even though God blessed them, Israel, the nation as a whole, did not trust God completely like their forefather Abraham. In fact, I think more often than not, we can say that Israel was not fully on board with God's plan. We see it through their grumbling, their complaining, their idolatry, just blatant disregard for God's word and God's plan and his promises. But even though Israel did not fully trust, God still kept his promises that he made to Abram. In the darkest days that Israel would experience in Babylon and Persia, God made sure that there was a faithful remnant that remained from that great holy nation. Because even through those darkest times, those times of disobedience and and distrust, God had you in mind and he wanted to bless you through these very same promises. He had you in mind when he made these promises to Abram. He had you in mind as he kept Israel, the great nation, intact. Because we know that, Mo, or that Abram excuse me, was not really the key player in all this. Neither was the nation of Israel. But it was the Savior that would come through that nation. You might notice that I skipped over the last part of verse 3 as we were going through those promises. I did that for a reason. Because it is an extremely special promise. It says, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Again, we fast forward into Abram's life. 
We look ahead as we have the whole picture. Abram is again approached by God and God comes to him to test him. He finally has his son Isaac after waiting 25 years after this promise. And God says, Abram, I want you to go and sacrifice Isaac. Make him a burnt offering to me. Abram doesn't ask questions. He doesn't doubt. He doesn't complain or ask for more details. He simply goes. He simply obeys. And Abram obeys so much that the knife is coming down to kill Isaac. And as the knife comes down, God calls out and stops Abram and says, you have done so well. You have shown your faith to me. And after that, God reminds Abram of this very promise and even adds another detail. He says, through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. Through your offspring. Abram knew who that offspring would be. We know who that offspring was. Through Abram, through the nation of Israel, Jesus came into the world to save us all. Jesus came into the world to fulfill all these promises that God had made thousands and thousands of years ago. If the fulfillment of these promises relied on anyone else, they would have failed, they would have flopped, they would have faltered. Abram knew that. That's why he praises God two separate times in these last verses. He knew nothing relied on him. Everything relied on God to fulfill those promises through the coming Savior. Abram builds an altar two separate places and he calls on the name of the Lord. The only response Abram knew to give to these wonderful, beautiful promises was praise and worship. Jesus was the only reason Abram could praise God. Jesus was the only reason God came to Abram in the first place and promised to make him into a great nation and make his name great. Jesus was the only reason God would curse and bless, just as he said, leading up to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. When you see Jesus through faith, you see secrets revealed. You see promises fulfilled. You see just how blessed you really are. Abram didn't live nearly long enough to see Jesus with his own eyes. But he did see Jesus. He saw Jesus with his heart through faith. Jesus even said about Abram in John 8, he said, Abraham longed to see my day. He saw it and he was glad. Abram saw Jesus through faith and we see Jesus the same way that Abram saw him. Abram lived thousands of years before Jesus, before Jesus would come to earth and die on the cross, fulfilling all those promises. We live thousands of years after Jesus came, but we all look to the cross through faith, not by sight. We know We are sure that Jesus came to fulfill all those promises, to do exactly what he said he would do. He has clothed us with his perfection 
so that we will be in heaven with him one day and see all of his promises completely fulfilled. The Apostle Paul wrote about that. We heard some words from Romans 4 earlier and he wrote just after our reading ended these words about how this all comes together and how it all works, how it applies to us. He says, Abram was fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited to him as righteousness. The words, it was credited to him, were written not for him alone, not for Abram alone, but also for us, to whom God will credit righteousness. For us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. We, along with Abram, share the same God. We share the same promises. We share the same Jesus. We share the same salvation and heaven. I don't know of anyone here or in my life who has had God appear to them the way that he appeared to Abram in this encounter. But God does take all of us at some point or multiple points in our lives to and through places we never thought we would go before. All those places are different for each and every one of us. It could be a life-changing medical diagnosis. It could be a job loss, a failing relationship, or a crippling addiction. Whatever it is, I can tell you that there are going to be secrets. There are going to be things that you wish you knew. But don't let God's secrets be bigger than his promises for you. Trust in God. He will take you through it all and finally usher you into a place that you've never been before. In heaven, there will be nothing but eternal blessings waiting for you. Amen.